What is going on, guys? You're listening to another episode of the Good Men Exist podcast. I am your host, Jarrell. Thank you so much for checking it out. I would love to get your feedback on the show, so definitely reach out to me on all social media platforms. It's the same, at Jarrell GME. Tweet me, DM me, comment, let me know what you think. Or if you want to be on the show, hey, let me know. I would love to have you. And with that being said, enjoy today's show. Previously on the Good Men Exist podcast. Season two. But even after having been there for a few weeks at this point, no matter what we did, it never felt like home at this point in time. So now we're stuck in here. What do we do? We try to make it better. We try to do things. And that's just how we carry on. But just like the issues that came up and trying to get the house, that was just the beginning. The issues that would follow just made everything two times worse. I know just what I got Girl, it's something that you do I don't feel like this a lot I don't feel like it's a lot Is this really what you want? You've been heavy on my heart I just wanna make it work So at this point, we've moved into the house Trying to get acclimated as best we can And again, we're trying to do the little things To really make it feel like home So we, you know, getting a few things that match, trying to do up the bathrooms, things of that nature. Then in between doing all those things, you know, I'm working on a few different projects around the house that I wanted done. One of the most fun things that I've always wanted to do is to do my own repairs. Like it's cool for someone to, you know, do them for you. But at the same time, I take pride in being able to do a lot of the things myself. So there were a few things, you know, with the electrical and the plumbing that I went in fixed. Um, There were some light fixtures that I wanted switched out, went and did those. For some reason, there the pantry, I guess we had a huge pantry up there. I want to say it was something like four feet by seven feet and probably about three feet deep. Huge, huge pantry. So I, I took all that out. I did floating shelves that I made, put them in there. I even made a, a wine rack in the middle of the shelves because Shannon really liked wine. So I put a three uh, bottle wine rack right in the middle of the pantry. It was pretty dope. So anyway, while I'm doing that working from home, it allowed me a little bit of time to, you know, work on some things around the house. Now, during this time, the artist is attempting to take over New York because she had done so well in the area and had traveled a fair amount. I think in my head, because she was so successful, I kind of expected her to get up there and kind of hit the ground running, I guess. At least in my head, that's how I that's how I imagined it. And, you know, it it kind of sort of didn't happen that way. So I was I was patient with it and things, you know, I even though in my head I thought it should or would happen faster. I didn't necessarily, you know, hold it against her. Now, you know, you got to let everybody know that you're there. Like, hey, I'm here. And then you got to go hustle pretty much. So I, I don't know that I accounted for in my head, at least the hustle time. I thought it was pretty much an established base. And then you just go go get it. So I'm still holding down the house at this point. You know, when she wasn't working on something or she wasn't actually out of the house, you know, she would contribute, whether it be cleaning up a few things here or there, 
cooking. She actually enjoyed cooking. So that was that was a benefit to both of us. But definitely me. I mean, again, as I said last episode, you know, of course I can cook, but she enjoys it. She's willing to explore and try different dishes and stuff. So that was fun. And so a few months pass and things are OK. Um, the whole feeling that we had about that uncertainty Again, that was diminished in this case because we had to focus on getting everything straight, you know, with the house, with work. So it kind of took away from having to worry about that. That was until November came. When November came, it really made November and December and January and pretty much the time on after that fairly shitty. So in November, I received word that the job that I was working at at the time when I left to secure the house financially, they told me, hey, just so you know, we're thinking about dissolving your department or at the very least reducing the workforce. Keep in mind, I just moved there in October, secured everything about a month or so earlier. I said, hey, y'all, I'm thinking about doing this. Is it cool if I work from home from a whole nother state? They said, yeah, doc, go for it. So I did. So it wasn't like they didn't know that I wasn't moving to a whole nother state, purchasing a house, living there and depending on at least half of that income coming from this job, not including my consulting business, not including the artist's income. So I, I'm sitting there like I know business and businesses don't make split decisions in three months. Typically, unless some shit has really gone awry. So in my head, I'm like, yo, y'all 100% knew that this was a possibility when I asked y'all. So now I'm irritated because I purchased this house, counting on that money because I'm up here starting a consulting business. I don't have clientele up here already. Yet they tell me that now they're reconsidering the department. Fuck you mean you reconsidering the department. Yo, needless to say that I was hot. So naturally, that put a little bit of strain on the relationship. Again, the artist is up here trying to get everything started. She's in hustle mode, but hustle mode doesn't equal income at this point in time. Not her fault. Just how things shake out. But now I'm I'm a little I'm a little apprehensive of everything. I don't really know what to think. I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I'm like, you know what? It's fine. Kind of. I'll look for another job in the meantime. So as this is happening, late November comes and I get a letter in the mail and the letter in the mail is from the mortgage company and the mortgage company says, hey, just so you know, your escrow has a deficit of $5,000 and we need that money as soon as possible. So imagine this, y'all just bought this house. First, the job tells me, hey, you may not have this job which means I would have no direct income at that point because I didn't have enough clientele to support a full mortgage. And then on top of that, that said mortgage company comes through and says, hey, you're short $5,000 and we need it as soon as possible or we can put you on a payment plan. Now, naturally, after having just moved everything, I didn't have an excess of funds just sitting there, especially not 5,000. Why? Because with the jacked up paperwork, my closing costs went from like 7000 to 10000 So now I had to pay that. And so I say, OK, I'm looking at the payment plan option. The payment plan option was an additional $700 a month, $700 a month. So that pretty much took a mortgage that I was perfectly fine paying for was technically less than the apartment that I had in Northern Virginia at the time. 
and made it like out freaking rages. So not only do I have to worry about not having the original income that I secured the house with, now they're asking for 700 extra dollars a month that I may not even have to give. So imagine that putting an additional strain on the relationship. And she at this time is not bringing in any additional money. So now all of that anxiety that we had, all of those worries, all of that uncertainty is now hitting us all at one time. And again, it's one thing to hustle. It's another thing to be able to have income at this point in time to pay for things that companies don't care that you're hustling for, right? If you haven't paid your light bill and in two weeks they say, hey, hey, just want to send you a friendly reminder. We need our money. If you need extra time, let us know. But here is the penalty per day or per week, whatever it is that you'll have to pay in addition to what you owe us if you don't pay by this time. But you can hit them up and be like, yo, I, I understand what y'all are telling me. However, I'm out here hustling. I'm out here working. And they're like, oh, great. So when can we have our money? And like, no, but like, I don't mean actually working. I mean, I'm working to work. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. Well, listen, we're going to need this money by the 30th or uh, your work is going to get a whole lot harder to do in the dark. Right. And and that's real stuff. So now I, me being the man that I am, we, we moved up here and I said that I will hold things down and now things that are out of my control are putting me in a position to not be able to provide. And again, this, this is messing up my headspace. This is messing me up financially. I'm, I'm a mellow person, so I never really show how I feel, but that shit is scary. You know, like I'm, I'm could I go to my mom and say, Hey mom, I'm in a, a super major pinch. Help, help me out. Hey, dad, I'm in a super major pinch. Help out my dad to a lesser extent than my mom. But I, I've never asked my mom for anything. Pretty much once I was past like 21, 22, whatever it was. And, and even before then, I wasn't asking for anything. Like maybe it was like $50 once every two, three years. But I really wasn't asking for anything past, you know, like 2021, 20, whatever it was. And I, I have great pride in not having to ask anyone or anything. I'm extremely independent, almost to a fault, but we'll get to that later. So anyway, as I said, all this has put a strain on the relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm out here just almost willing to take anything just to try to supplement a loss of income should it happen. And naturally she feels bad because she can't contribute the way that she wants. So she's feeling away. We're in a state where we don't know anyone. We don't have any friends. We just have each other. We try to hold on to that. In many instances, you can try to hold on to each other, but reality still is taking place. And it takes an extra strong, dedicated and committed relationship to not allow the reality of what's happening around you not necessarily affect you to the extent where it disrupts the purity of your relationship. And I am willing to say that we did not have that at this point. Obviously, we had a certain depth to our relationship, but it wasn't, you know, like like that deep, like to withstand the things that were happening, it really takes a certain mindset. And when, when me as a man, when I, when you feel like a little bit less of a man, if shit happens the way, you know, it's looking like it's going to happen. I didn't have that mindset. I think she did have that mindset, but I, I'm a, I'm a realist. And I was looking at all the potential outcomes. I'm like sitting here looking at all the probabilities and that shit didn't look great. So now this is what we're faced with. Again, things that are out of our control are happening and we're trying to deal with it as it comes. On top of this, again, we're in Pennsylvania, you know, where it snows and stuff. Like I said, our development had their own ski slope, like it legit snowed all the freaking time. But one particular time 
I want to say it was called a snow squall. That may not be accurate, but pretty much it was like this mini blizzard that happened all at one time. So if you can take a blizzard, let's just say that happens over six hours or 12 hours, whatever it is like this joint happened in like four hours. Winds crazy, trees falling, like terrible. This happened in like early December, knocked our power out for eight days. <laughs> eight days it's so it's like what else can happen and at the time like on day one we're like you know we're not familiar with the electrical companies up there so we were like oh maybe it'll be on like tonight at the very latest tomorrow again it's snowing and it's freaking pennsylvania snowed 18 inches i measured it 18 right no power no toilets no way to keep warm it's 13 degrees outside. At that time, I didn't have a generator, but luckily I had a little bit of money saved up for things of this nature. And we were able to find a generator to at least heat up a microwave, put some water in there, boil it to try to wash up, turn the heater on, keep the refrigerator on, that kind of stuff. So now this is all weighing on us. This is weighing on the relationship. She's at her wits end. I'm, I'm not quite at my wits end again, because I'm my mellowness is probably what saves me from most things that would severely irritate or disrupt people's peace so we're trying to hang in there and then there were rays of light both unexpected one in one area of my life the other in another one would prosper us the other would tear us down and you'll learn more about that in two episodes the reason why i say two is because the next episode is going to be about who I was as a man at this point in time in my life. Not entirely different than who I am currently, but enough to note to where if I don't tell you this, the rest of the story doesn't make sense. So please stay tuned, you guys. Hopefully you have enjoyed this episode. If you have, tell a friend, tell a family member about it. Subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast if you would be so kind. If you haven't already, rate it on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always... Be great people.